Hey there, this is Christina Borsetti, and you're listening to the And Then Be Well podcast. Hey, hello there, my fair feathered friends. It is another Tuesday when you are listening to this podcast, which I, in fact, am recording on a Thursday little behind the scenes action. You might also notice that my voice is clearer if you listen to some previous episodes because I finally figured out how to use the microphone. You know, it's always good. 19 episodes later. (laughs) I had some girlfriends the other day ask me how I was doing with the tech of the show. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing great. Maybe they were referring to the fact that I sounded a little hazy and and odd. The thing is, I record when I do my personal recordings, as if you wanted to know this. You can skip past it if you don't. But I was doing my my personal recordings. I just speak right into my Yeti. I use GarageBand. But otherwise, I record through Zoom. So sometimes the... uh, you know, the volume of things can be different uh, and it just can sound, it just can sound that I'm a lot farther away. My guests are a lot farther away depending on their tech. So it's this whole interesting, I'm just learning new skills, learning new skills and adapting along the way. And you're along for the ride. So it's a very exciting time. What is also exciting is that I finally got some listener questions. So thank you. I'm getting some reviews on iTunes with the actual written reviews, which I really, truly appreciate because, you know, people read those and they feel confident that they should listen to the show. So thank you so much for all of that. And then also thank you for your feedback because it helps me to create the show that is for you, the listener, not just what I think is what you want to hear. Because if that was the case, (laughs) this podcast would certainly be a cornucopia of nonsense. But to answer a question that I received about uh, functional uh, gut testing and to answer a couple of questions about that, yes, one, I did do the functional gut testing. I did it through Dr. Lisa Solsenti, who was on my podcast a few episodes ago. And I did the wheat zoomer. I did the food sensitivities. And we do talk about what specifically that looks like in the podcast episodes, so if you can go back and listen to that. Otherwise, I'll relink her lab test before the information wasn't available online. Now, when you go to her website, you see the cost of the actual tests plus her consultation fee. Um, it's all included. And so when you go over there, you can take another look. And if you're not sure what you should get or where you should start, you can talk with Lisa and she will help you out with that. So Dr. Lisa Solsenti, the lab test, and then you can go over there. I found that the wheat zone was helpful just as really to a reminder to let kind of, I already knew it intuitively. I already knew that Uh, wheat and gluten were bothering my stomach. And I wouldn't say in a way that I was necessarily feeling urgent would be the way to say it, I guess. Uh, I did notice that if I was eating uh, wheat in addition to the food sensitivities, so uh, things like eggs. So say I had, you know, like an egg sandwich. And then for lunch, I was having a shrimp with almond salad because shrimp and almond showed up in my food sensitivities. Uh, You know, when I look back and I I was really looking at my meals, I said, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This makes sense with why my stomach was either helping me run to the bathroom or I wasn't going to the bathroom as frequently. So it really is, it's, it's for your awareness and 
then you can look at what and how you're eating and go from there. Now, I think tests are fantastic. I had gone through them because I was in a place that it was probably about a year or so after I had gotten out of the hospital and had felt what I, well, I thought that I had cleared my C. diff, which is a very infectious form of colitis that you can incur at the hospital and mainly at uh, senior living facilities, but hospitals and senior living facilities and just rip my, my, my gut lining up. And I wanted to see if there were foods that uh, were, that I was having problems with still because I thought because of the antibiotics and then also from the infection that my gut lining was just destroyed. Now, prior to that, I also had, and I pretty much self-diagnosed myself with IBS because I was constantly running to the restroom every single morning uh, when I was driving into Boston at the time for work. And I was just, I, I can, I remember specifically, I just, it's very uncomfortable going into meetings and uh, on the weekends, I was just constantly in the, the bathroom. And so my family actually has a history of gut issues. And I kind of wish my brother had gone into that for his residency, but alas, he's he's going into cardiology, which is all good. But I had already had a history of gut issues. And so so all those things together, a history of gut issues, um, just knowing that the way I was eating and then also the stressors in my life were affecting my gut health, which I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that in a few minutes. Then having those issues from my hospital stays. Uh, that was all connected. So I did the test because of all of that, not just because I was like, oh, I want to see if I'm allergic to wheat. And it's not, you'll know if you have an allergy. It's much different than an intolerance. With intolerances, what is really happening there is that you can't properly digest a particular food or its components. So an example would be, of course, the lactose intolerance. So if you don't have the enzyme lactase, you're not going to be able to to digest lactose, which is that main sugar in milk. Uh, if we don't digest complex carbohydrates or, oh my goodness, excuse me, carbohydrates or sugar alcohols well, we're often going to have trouble with particular fruits and vegetables. So that's just another, we don't normally think, oh, when I have a food intolerance that I'm going to have an intolerance to say like strawberries or blueberries or something along those lines. But you absolutely can be intolerant to those things. I went to my gastroenterologist, nailed it, and they just told me to go on a low FODMAP diet, which for one, I felt like that was extremely unhelpful. Like just go on this diet. Thank you for the pamphlet. You know how, I don't know if you guys will listen to this podcast, you know how I feel about pamphlets. And then it's an extremely difficult diet to maintain. So it's something like go on that for a couple weeks was their suggestion and then revisit it, which I didn't feel like was helpful to me because I'm just supposed to eliminate all these foods and, and try, I don't know. It was just very confusing and it didn't work for me. Uh, however, this is what I would suggest. And going back to the question was, you know, about the tests. I know they're really expensive. Have you gotten them done? Yes, I've gotten them done. Yes, they're expensive. Yes, I had a reason for it. So just check out your history. I mean, if you have the expendable income to go get them done, then you can go ahead and do it. But my two cents would would be this. If you haven't already spoken with your healthcare professional, if you don't have a gastroenterologist, <laughs> that word, <laughs> oh my goodness, then you should, one, 
I would go talk to your doctor first and then you have to see if you need to get a referral, right? So if you need to do that, I would do the research to find someone that sounds comfortable online if you don't want your doctor to recommend one, maybe finding someone who's in within your network that your friend or cousin, uncle's grandma might work with that they trust and have worked with. And then I would reach out to them and see what type of tests that they would do. Then I would circle back to your insurance company. So find the doctor, circle back to your insurance company, make sure that the testing is going to be covered so you don't get surprised like I did with an $800 bill after I got some blood tests done, which I'm still working on fixing. I learned from my mistakes. And then from there, go to your doctors. Now, I know this is sort of an expensive and long route, but you need to have patience and what you can do in the meantime while you are trying to figure out if it's something that needs further investigation and bigger tests through your doctor, you can try eliminating something from your diet. If you know, as I was saying earlier, I knew that wheat was something that was irritating my stomach, then take it out of your diet for a couple weeks and see how you feel. That's the, I mean, the one thing. And everyone says, oh, yeah, I've tried doing it before. But you really got to stick to doing it for a while. Because even if you go, well, at least when you work with Dr. Lisa, that when you go to her, she's going to tell you that based on your tests, these are the things that you're intolerant to. And I want you to cut them out for baseline 30 days. But she ideally wants you to cut it out for 90 days. They say folks with candida, that's the baseline. You want to get rid of your candida, it's 90 days. I know this because I went through two different doctors who said that I might have candida and this is, you know, here are the supplements and this is how long we want you to eliminate things like, you know, alcohol, sugars, you know, insert all the foods that drive the fungus uh, to grow beyond what it needs to. So I just want you to take that in consideration that it's going to be a longer, a little bit longer than you would want it to be. It's not that even if you were to go to that functional medical practitioner or integrative health coach and they were to do the testing and read it back to you, that you're immediately going to have extreme success that it's going to be a longer turnaround. Could you feel better in two weeks after taking something out of your diet that was bothering your stomach? Of course you'll start feeling better, right? Because your body is not launching a cytokine attack onto this intolerant food. Uh, So I just want to uh, let you guys just give you a gentle nudging reminder about all of that. And that leads into more of what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk a little bit about digestion. I want to talk about your possible issues with that. And I want you, I want to help you organize what comes next. And really the point of all of this is to, just as those tests do, to help you bring awareness to what you have going on rather than I'm in this state of panic. I don't know what's going on. It's been going on for a while and Before you know it, you're scrolling Instagram or TikTok and you're buying some ridiculous supplement after midnight. You're not allowed to do that. You just, no. Put the phone down and go to sleep. (laughs) It's going to end up sitting in your cabinet and it's not going to help. Okay? You can't just, we just, we just don't want to do that anymore. We don't want to keep wasting our money. So let's get a little bit more educated and help ourselves 
help ourselves. I wanted to talk to you about digestion because a lot of people think that digestion starts in your stomach, right? Your stomach starts to growl and you get hungry and all of that business. But digestion actually starts in your upstairs cabinet, starts in your brain, and then it's organized by the nervous system. So when we see or even think about food, our brain tells the rest of the body to prepare for eating. I think about my dog because when he comes into the kitchen and I'm about to give him a treat, I'm looking at him and then all of a sudden he starts to drool. And so he heard treat but he's wondering if he's going to come run in here now and then he does his business he sits down and prepares to receive it and then the mouth starts to salivate so if you have a pet maybe you noticed that was actually happening it's it's funny and totally relative but we are here to talk about humans not dogs so here how's it works right so we're, we're hungry we start to feel hungry something has happened either we're seeing something smelling something the body just all of a sudden goes hey i'm hungry go out and get me food and that is what you do as the stomach starts to secrete these digestive enzymes in preparation of the food going into the mouth the food goes into the mouth once you found it you start to chew it up into what becomes a bolus b-o-l-u-s in case you're curious your saliva then moistens the food and douses it with enzymes that begin to break it down this is really important because saliva is 95% water. If you are somebody who does not drink a lot of water, maybe you're someone who just, you're coffeeaholic, we'll call it, or you drink a lot of tea, and yes, we get it, there's water in there, but you're not just drinking straight pure water, and you are constantly living with a dry mouth, or, and we'll get back to this in a second, you're really stressed, which is causing your mouth to be dry, you're not going to have the same capabilities in breaking down your food as would somebody on the flip side of that. That is what I want you to make make you aware of with that. Your saliva, again, is around 95% water, and the rest is mucus, enzymes, glycoproteins, and antimicrobial chemicals that help to prevent pathogens from getting into your system. So super important to remember that. You, some of these enzymes that you have, they're breaking down the food. You have amylase, which breaks down starch, and lipase, which breaks down fat, which is on a much smaller scale. Coming back to amylase for a second, also... Really good to note here that amylase or AMY, it looks like Amy, Amy 1, can differ person to person. Genetically, it differs person to person. So how you break down your starches is going to differ from how somebody else might break down starches. So you might be over there watching your spouse just crush french fries and hamburgers and it gives him the best energy of his life whereas you could be someone who could go eat the same and then have this complete and utter energy dump and your blood sugar is just all over the place because a higher level of that amy one is going to help you break down your starches much more than somebody who doesn't so that food is getting broken down and it starts to make its way down into your, I call it the lower east side or your lower esophageal, oh my gosh, this word, esophageal sphincter. This is why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I could never. I would have to take a separate language course to understand how to say this stuff. So for the sake of my sanity, we're going to call it the LES. Now the food is moving from our mouth with, alongside our saliva 
through our esophagus down into the LES. And that LES is there to prevent food and acid from coming back up. Now, a disruption in your digestion, which could affect the systems, is acid reflux or GERD. Something to keep note of there. We're going to keep moving on, though. Now the food is making its way down into your stomach. And when that food reaches your stomach, it's then churned and mixed into what's called chyme. And then from there, it starts to make its way into your small intestine through your phyloric sphincter or the PS. <laughs> I can't help but laughing. I'm, I hope you're laughing with me because this is like probably the worst anatomy lesson of your life so anyway we're coming down through there and it comes through that gastric emptying happens really slowly and that's why it can take they always say anywhere from two to four hours for your food to get digested because it happens so slowly and then anywhere along that path there could be a disruption that causes issues with your digestion i want to go back quickly to our stomach because our stomach can manage about a quarter to 1.7 liters of that mix from the food that we've eaten. So that bolus that's now turned into this chyme. And you'll probably notice, I'm sure it's happened to you before, possibly. I don't want to make assumptions that if we eat too quickly, I know it's happened to me, we're eating the food and then all of a sudden you hit the wall, they call it, right? And then your stomach is just so full, you're feeling uncomfortable because you've just tried to shove everything in there at this rapid pace, which is why one of the solutions to that would be slowing down our eating. And again, I'm gonna come back to that in a second. So possible issues, right? So if we're going down this digestive track, visually, hopefully that was somewhat of a visual representation, or you can go online and Google it for a better visual representation, that there's so many ways on the way down of this process which is auto it's part of our autonomic nervous system so this is done unconsciously you're not sitting there going swallow <laughs> you're not sitting there going turn into bolus you know this is all happening because our body is this really cool amazing thing that's doing its med magical digestive process other than the items that i just reviewed with you are the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, which are two branches of your autonomic nervous system. So again, autonomic nervous system at the top that controls your organs, the digestive process, and you have your sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight system. And then you have your parasympathetic nervous system that calms everything down. We want to be in a calm state when we go to eat our food so that this whole system can work really fluidly. When we are in our fight or flight mode, then the system is disrupted. Our mouth can become, become dry. We can have an upset stomach because of our nerves. And keeping in mind that our system is a loop. And our gut system also has its own nervous system. Drink water for every time I say system. It's called the enteric nervous system. So that's why they say that the gut is your second brain. And we actually store food memories in our gut. And I wanted to take a note about that because think about if you've ever been adverse or against eating a certain type of food. Carbs is a really big popular one because at some point in time, we've all been told that carbs are bad. And therefore, we've built up this resistance in our mind that if I eat this carb, uh, something is going to happen to me. If I eat this food, something is going to happen. I might gain this weight or I might feel uncomfortable or I might have to run to the bathroom. And then 
that signals back up to your brain and it becomes this loop and that affects your digestion. So these are just things that I want you to take into consideration. And other things, of course, are gallstones, ulcers that run along your gut lining. And that's something where, of course, you have to go to your gastro and get checked out for that. Inflammatory bowel disease, diarrhea, diverticulosis, diverticulasis, food allergies, food intolerances. There's just a number of things that can affect your digestion. Where the heck do you start? What is going on? Has any of this been useful? I, again... And I keep saying the same thing, but the reason I'm telling you this is just about, we just want to be aware of our body and we want to be aware of how all these things work. And the the one that I really want to pinpoint that I want to hone in on today is going back to that sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system. If you're someone who wakes up in the morning, I'm not hungry, you might not be eating until two o'clock in the afternoon, at all of a sudden you're like, wow, I really got to eat something here. You could be in a fight or flight mode all day. You could have so much going on and your body's systems are reacting a certain way, especially in perimenopause and menopause when our body is dealing with so much that there are going to be those disruptors. You just need to be aware of that and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to eat something small and nutritious that's going to sustain my energy and to help my systems move along properly. Because then when you're not eating as well, that's also stressing out your system because you're expending your energy and you're not refueling yourself. So that is going to affect your system. A lot of the times, the individuals, self-included, that go to get food testing done or go to further seek what's going on in the body don't tend to remember that there are just so many different things that can factor into what's going on with our digestion that it's not always worst case scenario. It's a matter of, I need to look at what the stressors are in my life. How am I reacting to them versus how can I proactively react. So how, what can I do proactively to help sustain a healthy gut, healthy healthy digestive system? What uh, what am I going through right now? Could I talk to somebody about it? Is it something where I need to slow down? So going back to what I was saying earlier about our um, how we're just putting food into our mouth and we're eating so quickly and what happens is that we end up, you know, with indigestion. My tip for that would be Let's slow down our eating. If you pick one meal, try picking one meal that you can sit down and slow it down. If it's not, if you're not able to do that when you're with your family, try having it be lunchtime when the kids are in school and you're on your own and try not to sit at your desk and do computer work. Step away, enjoy the food, smell it, taste it, take small bites, put your fork down between each, take a breath. Maybe walk away from the food for a second. Whatever tips or tricks you need to use in order to slow that meal down and just practice that with that one meal every single day. And then you can go from there. You can build that into your dinner time. You can build that into your breakfast because you just want to see how your body is reacting to certain foods, how your how full you might be getting. Because a lot of times, again, we're eating while we're doing something else. We don't realize how full we're getting. And then we get that afternoon slump because we put all this food into our mouth. We, we maybe ate some quicker carbs versus eating carbs that will sustain us a little bit longer. Maybe our meal was more carb-centric than it was protein. 
So rather than wonder about all that stuff I just said, just practice slow, more mindful eating, starting with one meal. Notice when you are eating, how often you're eating, and notice if these are things that are affecting your digestive system. If it's beyond that where you really feel like your stomach is getting upset on a daily basis, let's start to take a look at what foods you're eating. I also want you to take into consideration what's going on with you hormonally because in the second half of our cycle, we are programmed to heighten our stress response. And you probably are aware of this because if you're anything like me in the second half of my cycle, I am moody. And if I am not eating really good nutrition food, nutritional foods that are fueling my energy, I'm not getting the right sleep, I'm not moving my body the right way, I am heck on wheels. So really important to become aware of where you are in your cycle. Now, I'm going to take a pause there and wrap up this episode with saying this. If you are having those digestive issues – then I would start from head and work your way down to stomach and kind of see where you kind of get stuck. I use this with my movement, with my clients. See where you're kind of getting stuck. See where you might be feeling these issues. Is it, are you feeling you're feeling acid reflux? Do you feel like it's coming into your stomach? Then take a look at what is going on externally. What type of stressors you have going on in your life? If you need to go down a bigger path to go speak to a doctor, you really feel like I've been dealing with this for a really long time and I can't take it anymore, then I want you to go seek that professional help. But in the meantime, work on reducing your stress as much as possible. Are there things that you can take off your plate that you can have other people help you with? And what's one thing you can control? how fast you eat and what you are eating. So finding the time to start with one meal where you can adjust the food that you're taking in and at the rate you're taking it in. That would be my suggestion just to start there rather than, again, like I said, scrolling on Instagram and looking for some sort of supplement that is going to solve your bloating or any other of those digestive issues. If you want help, if you want help with nutritional consulting and coaching, that's what I can help with. I will help provide you, well, actually, I will help you organize what is going on with your health because you're a busy person, you have a lot of things going on, and it's a lot to think about and just figure out where you're going to start and what you're going to start with. I think it helps to have a conversation with someone, even if it's just a conversation, just to help organize those thoughts for yourself so you have a good place, a plan. A plan makes us always feel really good and you can control that because you can put the plan in place. Will it happen in the timeline that you want? Maybe, maybe not, but we want to start somewhere. We have some sort of solid ground to stand on. Start small and have patience and grace. And then also let me land it on this. My friends, God has a plan for everything. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. And if you can eliminate all of the extra and spend more time leaning in and listening to him and having prayer time with him, prayer time is also a wonderful time to calm your digestion, to calm yourself down and utilize that parasympathetic nervous system. Maybe before you go, if you're not already doing it, before you go and eat your meals, say a prayer. Before you go and reach out to your doctor to get a referral to your gastro, say a prayer. Before you go out to 
get testing if that's what you're going to do. You're going to say a prayer and say, God, if this is what I'm supposed to do, please bless this. Please help me. And please give me the grace to understand that this is going to be a longer game and health is a complicated thing. And I don't expect to know everything overnight and I don't expect miracles overnight, but I just pray that you guide my journey. And just something as simple as that. Even just saying that right now, I feel so much calmer. With that said, I am going to get going. And if you guys have any questions, please reach out to me. Shoot me a note at Christina at thenbewell.com. I am not going to be on Instagram as much, so you can definitely reach me on email. And of course, as always, take what you need from this episode and leave what you don't. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was helpful to you. I hope that... It gave you a little bit more peace of mind that there are just a lot of things going on and you can control what you control by starting small, starting with just getting to know yourself again and just taking a little bit of time, not a lot, just a little bit of time to understand and listen to your body. And I bet that you'll discover more than you ever realized. I'll talk with you soon. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope that you found it motivating enough so to hit that follow button and get really excited for the up and coming interviews and solo casts I have recorded for you that are going to make a bigger impact in your life so you can thrive. With that said, please reach out, shoot me a message, Christina at andthenbewell.com. If you have specific questions or feedback, I want to hear from you because community is everything. And if you like this episode, please share it with a friend, screenshot it, tag me on social media, or if you are feeling really gracious, leaving a review. I look forward to speaking with you again. And until then, have an awesome day and I'll talk with you soon.